Hello everyone and welcome to the GameSpeak. The GameSpeak is your gaming podcast where I break down the biggest and latest news in the video game industry. Sometimes I'll have a guest on the show and other times it's just gonna be me by myself. On this week's episode, which is episode 88, I'll be talking about a few news articles and talk about the games that I've been playing since the last episode. So this is just a regular solo episode with just me. If you're a new listener or an old listener, first of all, thank you so much for all your continued support. And on this week's episode, I just want to give a special shout out to my good friend, Joseph Fafam. I know you're listening to the show, or at least you've been listening to the show for some weeks now. So I really appreciate your support, bro. And uh, yeah, I hope you're, wherever you are right now, maybe on the bus or train or wherever you are headed, I hope that this episode will also be a, a good episode and you will learn something interesting. Or just be entertained throughout the episode about the things that I'm going to speak about. But yeah, and if you're a new listener or an old listener, first of all, thank you so much once again for supporting the podcast. It means everything to me. If you have any questions, you can leave your questions on CastBox, which is um, just the GameSpeak, CastBox. And you can leave feedback or questions. Everything is, uh, nothing is off limit, so to speak. And yeah. If you haven't already, consider subscribing to the show. You can do that on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, and CastBox. So yeah, let's get on with the show. And uh, yes, this is once again episode eighty-eight of the GameSpeak. And yeah, so what have what have I been playing since the last week? I actually haven't been playing a lot. I don't. Ha- I didn't have too much time to be honest. So I've been playing a little bit more of Persona Four Golden. It's Still, uh, it's, it's, it's really good. It's, uh, it, I think I mentioned it in last week's episode, but I don't really feel like it's a game from the PS2 era. And I think that's mainly because of the, the visual style that the game have. It's just very timeless. It's very, it looks a lot like Persona 5. Of course, the graphic is not on the same quality, but the art style, right? It's like, it's like the anime game art style that they're going for it works really well and yeah so far I'm, I'm still very much a big fan of all the main characters and also the all these uh, supporting characters i think are, are all very interesting and i think the game is uh the difficulty is uh it's, it, it's pretty good the, the good thing about the game is that you can actually change the difficulty to uh, a more difficult or an easier one so you so you're able to enjoy the story even more and so far, I'm just playing on regular difficulty, but uh, I'm, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm, I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for the platinum trophy. I'm not gonna get all the trophies, so I might actually turn the difficulty down if, if because I don't want to grind too much. I think that I don't know with Persona Five, I, I never felt like that was a problem, but that's also because I, I actually enjoyed playing the game so much. I will have to see how. How things goes as I progress further into the story, but yeah, for people who don't know what Persona, the Persona series is just very quick uh, recap. It's a Japanese role-playing game. It's a franchise from Japan, and usually the Persona games is about you controlling some kind of a high school student. And the, the like the uh, premise of the game is that in in daytime you're just kind of you're just like a regular high schooler. So you have to attend different classes, study for exams. And uh, you can also find part-time jobs, and um, 
hang out with your friends. And the, the, the thing is that you actually have to somewhat keep on track of uh, your time management. You have to plan out. So, so there's like a kind of like a calendar system. So you have to plan out what you're going to do throughout the week. And very like within hours, uh, when you start up the game, you will discover there's like a hidden world where it's like monsters. And in this world, your character is also able to summon kind of uh, summon creatures known as personas. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's a turn-based game. It's very fun. And uh, I have uh, like Persona Five, Persona Five Royal, and Persona Five Strikers. Like just Persona Five in general. Like it, it's one of I think it's it's my favorite JRPG, but it's also one of my favorite games of all time. I yeah, it's it, it's for me. It's one of the few perfect games and I know that, that like a lot of people don't say that a perfect game doesn't exist but I gotta say like Persona 5 Royale especially like I don't think there's there's not a single thing about the game that I would change or that I think it's it's not good so if you're really into Japanese role-playing games or maybe a big fan of anime or, or and, and more particularly like high school drama I, I definitely highly recommend it you try out the Persona 5 uh, or just the Persona series and um, yeah I, I would definitely recommend go starting with Persona 5 Royale and then you can also try a Persona 4 Golden which I'm also at this current moment trying to complete. So that was just a quick update on my Persona 4 progression. And then I've also uh, downloaded the uh, Street Fighter 6 demo for PS5 and I've just been playing a bit around, i just playing a bit of of that demo, um, I just tried the character creation, which looks to be very extensive and a very um, detailed. There's a lot of things you can do. It's a very comprehensive uh, character customization. So I think that's cool. I know there's gonna be some kind of world tour mode in Street Fighter, where I guess you create your own character and then you will be able to train with different various character from the. Um, Street Fighter uh, roster, and you can. It seems like you can then learn different signature signature moves from different characters. So that's pretty cool. And there's like a seems like just the there's the there's like a story tied into the world tour with the character. And then there's like some semi open worlds or just like hubs where you're able to explore. And I think that, that that's uh, it, it. It looks very interesting. And it didn't seem like I was able to play that. Part in the demo, I, I just tried the character customization quick, and then I tried just the uh, arcade mode, I guess, a bell a fight ground, and it seems to be some kind of training, but also you're able to just fight against other, you know, like players or NPCs. And so far, as I can tell, that you can only play two characters, and uh, yeah, that's it. But um, I think I mentioned this a couple times in past episodes of the Game Speak. I prefer Tekken game or the Tekken franchise, the fighting franchise. But I have always kind of respected the, um, the just the sheer popularity of Street Fighter, and I think a lot of fighting players all agree that Street Fighter is kind of one of the kings, like one of the best, most competitive street uh, sorry fighting games in in the game industry, and I think the. For me, I think Street Fighter is just such a difficult game to get into compared to Tekken. But I'm still considering buying Street Fighter 6 when it's out in in June. Just to give it a try because I, I'm very interested to 
to play this like world tour mode that they have going on. But yeah, so far I, I think it's uh, it's actually a really good game, or I mean, it's fun to play. I yeah, it's it's so highly polished. Like the animation work in in Street Fighter, I think has always been incredible. But and it's the same in in this one. Um, and yeah, just like uh, it seems like the overall art style for the game is uh, more like graffiti culture inspired, which I think is uh, interesting. Um, so it's not bad or good, I would say. The the one cool f new feature that I kind of noticed that I haven't experienced in other fighting games is that you're able to enable or disable uh, commentary when you're fighting. So I just tried one match w with it on, and when you do that, you will have like uh, some com commentator, uh, I guess, intelligent commentating on on the things that are happening in the fight that you are that you are fighting, right? And it was like it was like fun for the first one round, and then I just thought it was like kind of annoying. But I think it's like a, it's a nice it's a nice feature to have, right? Because I guess it's they're trying to capture the feeling of watching a a, a highly competitive um, street fighting tournament stream, and you have like real commentators, of course, commentating on the different games, different matches, and yeah, it's. Uh, and as I understand it, you can actually maybe buy or acquire different comment commentator voices, uh, male and female, and in, in different languages as well. So that would be interesting to explore, just to, I guess, find out which commentator style suits your best if you so choose to have it on. But yeah, Street Fighter Six the demo has been uh, so far. It's been good. I, I think actually, after, right after I've com uh, not completed but recorded this episode, I will just go back and play a bit more of the uh, demo just to get a better feel of it. So I might give you an update on the next episode of the Game Speak. And this is the the, the last game. It's not a game that I've bought yet, but I've been uh, talking with uh, two of my good friends that uh, we will be. The plan is that we want to like play through Dead Island Two. And the cool thing is that I just found out that you're able to play across um, generations. So I can play it on PS5 and then with my two friends that have a PS4. So that's pretty cool. And also it's really nice for us because uh, like one of the more kind of weird bugs, quote unquote bugs, if you can call it that, is that people on last gen consoles, so that's uh, like PS4, they aren't able to host... <laughs> This is so ridiculous when, when I'm saying it out loud, actually. But they're not able to, at this current moment, at least, they're not able to host uh, a new online game with uh, with their friends. Only people who have a PS5. So for PS4 players, if you're three guys that want to play together, I guess you just have to join like a, a public session that's hosted by a PS5 player that you might not know, which I don't know how it... 100% works, but it, it's kind of silly. So in that sense, I think it's good that just at least one of us, me and my friends, have a PS5. So that shouldn't be a problem. But yeah, I like the, the game. It seems like the game has been receiving not mixed reviews, but on the lower part of good reviews. So like sevens and um, and also eights and 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 some six as well. So. Overall, I think people are like the critics are thinking the game is is fine and it's fun, but it's uh, still lagging in a lot of aspects. 
for me, I don't. Hopefully, it's it's not good. Like it's not a bad thing. I I hope it's gonna be a game that's that will be amplified when you're playing with friends, uh, when you're playing online with uh, yeah, a couple of friends. And I'm gonna play with two of uh, my friends, so I'm looking forward to it. And we we have tried. I've been playing the dying sorry dying like two with with a good friend, and that was fun. But the online experience was very buggy. So hopefully that's not the case with Dead Island 2. But it seems like what people have been saying, like it should be should be pretty stable on all platforms. So that's pretty nice. And yeah, we also play a bit of Dying Light 1, which was fun. But I think the plat- like the parkour is nice, but but also the way you had to always sync up uh, with Quest and all that in, in in Dying Light 1 was kind of annoying. And also the lack of fast travel was just uh, crazy. So it's, so it's like a lot of uh, backtracking. Hopefully that's not the case with Dead Island 2. But yeah, um, like it looks like a, a simple game, a fun game, and that's actually for me that's that's fine uh, as long as it's fun with uh, with uh, when you're playing it with friends. So, so we'll have to see. All right, that was all the games that I've been playing since last week or last episode. Let's now get on with the news. The first news articles comes from IGN Nori, and this is reported by Adam Bankwurst, and the headline reads that Monster Hunter now is the next game from Pokemon Go developer Niantic. And um, yeah, it's uh, so if you've been uh, living under a rug or maybe for some reason didn't know, uh, Niantic, they released Pokemon Go, I guess at this point, uh, several years ago, and it was like a global phenomenon um, I don't know I don't even know if that was pronounced correctly but uh, I hope hopefully you understand it was a big thing everybody was playing it and uh, yeah the, they had so many issues with uh, with the servers being able to keep up with the uh, sheer amount of players that was just playing Pokemon Go but I know they've also been doing some other uh, games with other IP so I think they had one with Harry Potter as well, yeah. Harry Potter. I think that's actually dead. I don't think they like it's uh, live anymore. But their next try is to do it with the Monster Hunter IP, and it's uh, sounds interesting. It like according to the article, it's it should be released. It will be released this year in September for iOS and Android. And it's actually just like so. So it seems like you also like you still have to go around the the real world to fight off monsters, and the combat seems to be simple, but where you can dodge and then attack the monster. Um, so um, yeah, it seems interesting. I I actually might just check it out just to see what's what's this all about. And just a quick note on Pokemon Go. I I. Yes, I also played it when it uh, came out um, for the first time, and it, it was just nice to be part of that kind of such a big event, right? Like everybody was playing it, and just going out to my city parks and just seeing a lot of people just hanging around in like playgrounds because that's where like you could find my multiple Pokestops and all that, and just just hearing and and reading all these incredible stories that's that stems from players kind of playing Pokemon Go and then meeting like like meeting new people 
and 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 creating new friendships and and and, and I'm sure more as well. I think it's so beautiful and 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 and, and that's just kind of how the way like how the game was designed initially, right? Like you have to move, you have to go out in the real world to catch all the Pokemon, uh, the Pokemons. Uh, the game was far from perfect when when it first uh, came out. Like I don't think you could battle. Maybe you could. I'm not sure. But uh, like I think you couldn't uh, trade as well. And I, I I remember it was fun. I, I liked like like the feeling of you gotta catch them all was really nice. But uh, for me at least, it was like very quickly. I just kind of caught a lot of the Pokemon's and like if you were couldn't catch, I had to go like to like crazy places. And there's like some few Pokemon's that that like country locked, which is just crazy. Um, so yeah, I think I played it for like a month or something, and then I just stopped. But I I I know players that uh, friends sorry. That are that have been playing the game for years and and then maybe even to this day uh, and yeah, Tommy, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about you uh, as one of them. I don't know, I don't know if you're still playing it, but uh, I'll have to ask you next time we uh, we have together. All right, moving on to the next news article. This is once again reported uh, at IGN Nordic. And this is from uh, Christina Alexander, and uh, the headline reads that Harry Potter Quidditch Champions announced testing sign-up now open. So, kind of out of nowhere, a Warner Brothers Games, they just kind of released this very short video teaser of upcoming Harry Potter game that's based on the the famous uh, game within the wizarding world, Quidditch. And, yeah, it seems like... uh, it's kind of weird, right? Like they have this very short teaser that really doesn't show anything. It's like a, it's like a witch kind of um, summoning her her broom, and then that's it. But uh, it's like um ad for for players to now you able to sign up for testing. So I think we will see more gameplay uh, very soon, but it's just an odd choice not to show anything right now. So I just think it's like the purpose of this teaser just to make people aware that that it exists but yeah it's exciting right because as i think everybody knows how what the how was legacy uh, came with a broom uh, flying but you couldn't play quidditch because the headmaster in the story uh, one of the first thing he's he he's saying at the opening feast is just that quidditch is closed because of some people some students uh, have been injured or something so i guess some fans were a bit disappointed that you couldn't play quidditch in hogwarts legacy for me, I was like, it doesn't matter that much. Um, I'm just happy that we can fly on a broom, to be honest. And uh, to be to be brutally honest, I don't think the way how the control scheme for flying the broom in Hogwarts Legacy would would be very fun in a Quidditch setting. And there's like also a lot of rules, and so I could imagine that's very complicated to just implement. And and the game has so much things to offer uh, already, right? But yeah, uh, Harry Potter Quidditch Champions sounds interesting. Um, I think in the uh, mid 2000s, EA released a game about Quidditch, and I, I remember I actually buying the game and playing played it for a little bit because I was just uh, at that time I was a very big Harry Potter fan, and I of course as I guess as all children wanted to feel the experience of being in an actual Quidditch game. And yeah, I, I thought it was fun, but 
I didn't complete it. I, I think I actually traded for another game really quickly after I bought it. But this one, uh, we have to see. We don't have any gameplay, but there's potential, right? And it seems like I, I would imagine it's gonna be free to play, and they, they, uh, yeah, I would imagine that they've designed the game to be very maybe easy to understand but hard to master maybe some like a bit like rocket league right i think that could be cool to like i think it would be cool if this game just kind of became so popular that people are starting to actually arrange real esports tournament but we'll have to see like we don't even know how the game function or if it's any good but yeah um we'll see when it's uh when it's gonna be released Wait, yeah. Uh, so, wait, wait. So, according to the article uh, at the very end, it seems like the game is scheduled to be released on May fifth. No, no, no. Sorry, that's um, that's Hogwarts Legacy. That's not this game. All right, moving on to the next article. Uh, former Bungie director Joseph Staten reveals his next studio. This headline is once again from IGN Nori. And um, yeah, so this is, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with the Halo franchise yet, but I know, I've, I've definitely heard this name before, and I think he's he's one of the game directors that actually left Bungie. No, not Bungie, but maybe, I don't know. He, he kind of joined Free for Fee Industries to help help him finish uh, Halo, Halo Infinite, and now he's then leaving again. and. I could make another, like a whole entire new episode just about the uh, state of all the Xbox first party studios and especially Free for Fee I think would be interesting because it doesn't it doesn't sound like and look like uh, things are going too well uh, over there and they and, and, and they are like the developer, main developer for the Halo franchise after Bungie left uh, Microsoft but yeah, Joseph Staten, he uh, I know he's a he's a big deal in the Halo uh, franchise. He's been uh, I guess he's like have a really important part in the earlier uh, Halo games. But it now seems like um, he's uh, working at Netflix on a new original IP that's gonna be a triple A multi-platform game. So very interesting. And he also has a quote um, that he's told IGN that I'm just gonna read. In my work life, there's nothing I love more than collaborating with others to build worlds filled with iconic characters, deep mysteries, and endless adventures, Staten told IGN. And then he uh, later, and then he uh, continues, continuing uh, saying, So, today I'm thrilled to announce that I've joined Netflix Games as a creative director for a brand new AAA multi-platform game and original IP. Let's go. And that's it. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, First of all, I think it's interesting that Netflix are kind of starting to invest in in the game industry. They've actually been doing this for maybe one year or one or two years. I, I and I've if you have Netflix on your smartphone, and if you didn't already know, try uh, open the app and then you can actually play uh, different indie games on your smartphone. And then I would say the uh, the the current. Um, selection is pretty good actually they have some really i would say really good indie titles um that you could also play on ps5 or ps4 i think i i saw like um maybe inside i'm not sure 
but definitely Stranger Games thing, uh, Stranger Game Pixel games, and some other really high-profile indie games, I would say. I don't remember the uh, exact name of the game at this moment, but again, if you have Netflix on your smartphone, just try boot up the uh, app and, and see for yourself. I think you'll be su uh, surprised. They really have some nice uh, titles right now. But it seems like, I, uh, not IGN, but Netflix are actually planning on releasing a, a multi-platform game so it's gonna be I guess out on PS5 and Xbox which I think is very interesting and we, we know that Amazon which uh, I guess very soon is gonna do any, everything anyway but I know they have also been invested heavily in, in the game industry right I think they bought like Twitter uh, like years ago and they've also released like an open world an MMO I don't know I don't remember what it was but I remember Remember when it when it they came out, it was actually pretty popular, and a lot of players was playing it. Um, so yeah, um, this is this sounds like it's very still very early in the process. So I think we're gonna wait. We have to wait like a couple of years before we hear anything else. Maybe four or five years. But interesting, right? That that uh, former Bungie employee uh, game director, I guess, are now working for Netflix. Hopefully, it's not gonna be cancelled. All right, this is uh, another article from IGNoric, and they report the the reading reports that the former Star Wars Battlefront Three dev claims it was ninety nine percent done with Battlefront Three, but the history is complicated, and it seems like this is like a, a longer story, but it seems like so the um. The so Battlefront Three is not like a sequel to the uh, more recent uh, Battlefront games from Dice, like the first-person games, where you can also play like third-person. These these are actually from the original Battlefront games, right? Where we got like Battlefront One and Two, and they were they were they were released around the PS2 era, and so this is like a sequel to those two games. And it seems like like at that time it was actually. Um, Radical, the studio Radical, that was Free Radical, that uh, was actually, um, yeah, developing the game. But uh, one of the uh, developers, let's see what his name is. Uh, da, 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 da. Michael uh, Barclay. And uh, yeah, so so the game was in development, but then it was cancelled in 2008. And the the big takeaway from this news story is simply that he that he states that the game was like very close to be to being finished, and for some reason it just got cancelled. And he uh, he he kind of claims that uh, it, it was actually something really incredible, but uh, for some reason it was just cancelled. And yeah, the reason why I'm talking about this article is first of all that I. That I was a big fan of Battlefront 2 for the PS2. Uh, I I played that game a lot. I, I didn't really play the um, the main campaign, but the game had a, another mode called I think it was called Conquest or Galaxy Conquest, where you can kind of pick a, a, a faction like the uh, uh, the Republic or the Resistance, and you can also play for, like. The pro like uh, like the pro like games or the uh, sequels, right? 
a lot or you, like the or, like you could play the original uh, trilogy or or the uh, prologues to those and you then have to kind of basically take over the entire galaxy and it was kind of like kind of like chess you would uh, take turns like claiming a a new planet and then if like then you either had to defend if the enemy were approaching one of your planets or you had to conquer if you were approaching the enemy's um, one of the enemy's planet and it was really fun like I, I played it uh, solo like but I later found out you could play the game like with uh, like multiplayer but I didn't know that was a thing on PS2 but it was so fun actually uh, I remember I had such a great time uh, with with the mode because um, the NPC was pretty stupid but it, it wasn't like I could just kill like um, that that I would never die but but yeah it's just it was, it was just like a, a great mode actually and there was like really nice uh, space fights and um, you were able to play as a Jedi and it was always fun because there was like on a timer so as soon as, soon as you summon or you spawn uh, as like Obi-Wan Kenobi you you only had a limited time and every time you got hit the time would be get even shorter but I remember I, I did see some leaked f- uh, video footage of Battlefront 3 and it, it actually did look very amazing. So it's a bummer that uh, we were so close to, to get the game, but it just got cancelled uh, by EA, I guess. So that kind of sucks. Alright, moving on. We uh, now have this news article from the uh, official PlayStation blog. And uh, the headline reads that welcoming Firewalk Studios to the PlayStation Studios family. And um, this is a, yeah, so this is a, a post from Herman Holst, which is head of PlayStation Studios. I'm just going to read it. It's not that uh, too long. Okay. I'm excited to announce that we have expanded our relationship with Fire- Firewalk Studios and are thrilled to welcome them to PlayStation Studios. Firewalk is home to a remarkably talented team of creators who have launched some of gaming's most celebrated experiences, and they've already had a work at their first original AAA multiplayer game for PlayStation. Since announcing and publishing partnership with Probably Monsters and Firework in 2001, we continue, we continue to be impressed by the team's ambitions to build a modern multiplayer game that connects players the new and in new and innovative ways. The studio shares our passion for creating inspiring world grounded in exceptional gameplay and we want to continue to invest in their mission. We're excited to, for Firework to bring their technical and creative expertise to PlayStation Studios to help grow our live service operations and deliver something truly special for gamers. Please join me in welcoming Firewalk. So yeah, it um, the Firewalk doesn't seem to be a studio that does, that have like a lot of prior history so I would imagine like the, the studio consists of the game veterans like like veterans of uh, uh, that have been working in the game industry for for many years and they are now and this is kind of like a new studio they, they have kind of created so it's nice for them to now be officially acquired by PlayStation and uh, yeah just based on the uh, the statement from Herman Hulse it seems like the game not the game but the game studio that they will be working on a, a new first-person game, or at least a AAA multiplayer game for PlayStation, and it's gonna be a a service game. So um, 
yeah, it's not so it's not like a well-known studio that the PlayStation just acquired, but uh, we know that PlayStation have like I guess invested heavily in in in, in service games for some reason, which is so different from what they're else known for which is for me at least like story driven exceptional gameplay game experiences yeah yeah like last of us uncharted horizon and um, god of war right and spider-man so so it seems like that's kind of their home turf so to see them now really kind of investing in in multiplayer games and, and live service it's it's just like interesting and as i've stated a couple of time on this podcast i'm i'm not the biggest fan of live service because just one of the main reasons when i when i buy a full price game i expect to be able to finish a kind of complete story and whatever comes out comes after is just like optional and i don't feel like i don't feel that's the case with games such as division or destiny right so that kind of bothers me and and makes me a bit worried, but I gotta trust the PlayStation, and and hopefully with this one and and the other ten that they've planned, and we also have upcoming like the Last of Us multiplayer component. I I do I, I just what else can I do? I just hope that those games will they they're gonna be live service, but I hope they will have a very strong narrative focus and. Uh, give players the option to experience the narrative by themselves or with players or with other friends and hopefully that won't diminish the experience of the narrative because that's really one of uh, this one of the biggest reasons why I'm I like playing uh, video games right and yeah and 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 why, why one of the reasons why I've had even have this podcast is to play about is to talk about all the amazing game experiences that uh, that I'm experiencing, right? That's usually narrative-driven games, but I also, of course, like gameplay-focused games, like from Nintendo. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. I don't know anything about Firework Studios, but yeah, this is like another one of those a bit weird uh, acquisitions from PlayStation. But uh, yeah, we'll see what's gonna happen. All right, moving on to the last news item for this week's episode. No, that was actually the last one. Wow, dude, no, that was like one. Oh, that's my fault. The last one is uh, from Game Director, and the headline reads that Humanity gets a release date, and it will be out uh, on day one on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, which is the new PlayStation subscription tier. And uh, yeah, the uh, exact date for the game is uh, the 16th of May, so very soon. And um, Humanity is gonna be. Um, so Humanity is from the same developer that uh, gave us the Tetris effect, which is, I think, the hands down the best uh, Tetris version that I've played. And it's a game you can play on, on, on PSVR as well, which I did. And it's just so relaxing and so meditative, if, if that's even a word. And hopefully I, I used it in the right context. context not contract. Okay. All right, English. Um, but yeah. Humanity is the uh, it's their upcoming new game and it's uh, kind of a, a bit weird puzzle game 
if you so the, the game was kind of announced in a previous state of play if you've seen any trailers of it you know exactly what the game is but if you if you don't i'll just catch up to speed it's a puzzle game where you control uh, uh a japanese dog like the shiba inu and it's like a kind of like a ghost dog or something but you have to then kind of like lead uh, a huge crowd of of humans through these weird abstract levels that 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 all seem to be above the skies and it seems like you have to yeah lead the humans to safety and the game just from what i remember from the trailer they the game will then introduce different kind of challenges and obstacles that you have to solve right uh, and yeah, I, I think it's interesting, and, and I'm glad that the game is gonna be out on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, which I have, so I can try it for free or uh, quote unquote free, and and yeah, just see what it's all about because I really liked Tetris Effect, so um, yeah, we'll have to see. Like uh, 16 of uh, of May, that's not that long. That's uh, very soon. So yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was actually all the news articles that I wanted to talk about on this week's episode of the Gamespeak. So with that, first of all, thank you, thank, thanks to everybody who's been following the show and for all your continued support. If you're a new listener, I really hope that you enjoyed what you were, what you've been listening to. And if you did, please consider subscribing to the show or just leave a really nice review. And you can do that on Apple Podcast. Castbox and Spotify, and if you subscribe to the show, you will never, you always get a notification when I upload the next episode of the GameSpeak. And yeah, if you have any questions or feedback for the show, please feel free to leave them on my Castbox page, and uh, I'll do what I can to uh, answer all the questions that you might have. Actually, I haven't checked if anybody have been 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 writing in, so that's not too good. I'll do that right after I finish recording this uh, episode. But yeah. As always, take care, stay safe out there, and uh, play a lot of video games, and um, I'll see you on the next week's episode. Or maybe not next week, but definitely in the next week's episode. I just said it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try one last time. I'll see you all on the next episode of the GameSpeak. Take care. Bye.